start. Sammy, go ahead and stand. Michael. All right, Romans chapter 1, verse number 19, the Bible says this, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Let's pray. Father, I need you this morning. God, I pray that you'd work in our hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us. I pray that you'd have your will and way in our hearts as we gather around your word here on this uh, this day, this Lord's day. Lord, we ask you to sanctify it. We give it back to you as one of our first fruits, God, of the week. And, and we just ask that you'd have your will and way in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We are finished series on, uh, well, we've had a, a, an agricultural theme uh, for the last, well, since we started in October, and then we had a guest speaker this, the, uh, the second week of October, uh, Pastor Reno. Uh, but as we started the month of October, we've been observing the uh, agricultural aspects of life. Uh, in the Bible, there are different times when, when God uses an illustration or parable or, or uh, um, um, an illustration that he uses this idea of uh, sowing and reaping. He talks about uh, gardening, if you will. He talks about planting seeds and, and then the harvest and such. But uh, the first week, we initially saw that we need to plow. Uh, we need to plow and break up the fallow ground, and we need to have fertile soil. We need to have uh, good soil. Uh, the Bible likens the, our hearts to soil, and we can, we can sow good seed to our hearts, and then there can be bad seed that is sown uh, in our hearts as well. But then, of course, also we understand that there's a the physical realm of sowing and reaping, and then if you uh, have ever farmed, you understand maybe somebody has been out there with a rototiller before, you've been out there, I don't think anybody's probably been out with a plow like this trying to, trying to turn up soil, uh, maybe you have. But um, you, need to, you need to get that soil prepared uh, so that the seed can be sown in good soil. And then uh, week number three, maybe it was, uh, we saw the importance of, of cultivating the crop as a husbandman, cultivating the crop after the seed has been planted, uh, then taking the necessary uh, precautions, I think, of a necessary precaution you know, I think of a harvest time, I think of scarecrows maybe, uh, but sometimes, how many have ever put a scarecrow out in their garden before? Anybody? You'll put a scarecrow out there, why? To, you're helping to cultivate the crop that you are caring for because you want it to produce a good harvest. I've not done that. I thought about doing it this past year, probably need to do that. I noticed, I think the, the biggest thing that we had was we had some, uh, some little rabbits that we had nibbled on some of our, our uh, fruits that we had out there. But um, so I'll probably, I want to have a cool scarecrow though. Uh, so anyway, um, <clears throat> that's part of being the husbandman, cultivating the crop, taking care of it, pulling the weeds and, and making sure that it is in a, a proper environment that's conducive to good growth. Then last week we talked about, uh, what was it that we had talked about? Um, I skipped something here. I skipped sowing the seeds was week number two, then, then cultivating the crop was last week, and then uh, this week we're going to observe uh, what it was all about. Why are we, why are we sowing? Why are we, why are we plowing? Why are we sowing? Why are we cultivating? What's the purpose of it all? Well, the purpose of it all, the end, down the road, we're praying and we're hoping for a harvest. We're hoping for a, a harvest uh, that's what a farmer does. They're, they don't just plant because they want to plant something. They want to get something out of the planting. They want to have a, a profit. They want to have something that they can uh, use and, and uh, perhaps feed their families. And so uh, this morning, we're going to talk about the importance of the harvest or, or getting to the harvest. In particular, uh, we're going to look at five laws of the harvest, five laws of the harvest. And these are applicable both in the physical realm but in the spiritual realm as well. I read, I had us read Romans chapter one. I'm going to read a portion of it, of it again. 
uh, in verse number 19 is where we started. And because this, the, the Word of God here gives a certain law that there is. Uh, the Word of God gives many different laws, many different laws of God. But one of these laws here is the law, uh, well, we'll see here. Verse number 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Um, Being understood by the things that are made, I want you to focus particularly verse number 20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I read that verse there, and, and there are other verses that talk about that uh, we, we know there's a God because of God's creation. We know there's a God. Everybody knows there's a God. You say, I know people that, are, I know people that say they don't believe in God. That's, the, that's a lie that somebody has, has deceived upon themselves because the Word of God clearly says that everybody knows there's a God because of the creation of God. They are without excuse. It says, For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. I asked the young people this morning, how many of you have ever helped your your parents with a laundry before? And there were a lot of hands that were raised. Some weren't raised. I was surprised about that. Uh, But I said, how many of you, you've uh, helped with the laundry before, and then you've gone to the dryer, and you opened up the dryer, and voila, everything was made and folded, and all you had to do was grab it and go put it in in the drawer. Nobody raised their hand. And uh, that's, the, that's the idea there of, uh, of uh, there being a, a big, there was a big bang. I believe God spoke and bang, it happened. He spoke it into existence. Uh, but that's, uh, that's the same, probably even less practical to say that there was a big bang and then it happened the way it did. God created, well, God created. But, but uh, to say that, uh, you know, the laundry was all ready to go and fold and all you had to do was put it away is comparable to this idea of a big bang. Well, God says here, in God's Word, it says that the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Verse number 21, I'm going to continue here for just a a moment, because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. And the birds and the four-footed beasts and creeping things, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own heart, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creator more the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever amen i read that for a reason because it gives basically it gives the law uh, it gives that there is a law that god is the creator of the universe god is the creator of all things and there are people that in their minds have believed a lie that that's not true well the point that i'm getting at is this just because somebody may believe something is not true doesn't mean that it's not. If the Bible says it is, it is. And so we know uh, the facts here. Law number one, we see that uh, God is creator, uh, but uh, not, everybody, not everybody knows who God is. Uh, they don't know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the one that shed His blood to be the payment for the sins of all mankind. And they may not know that they need to receive Him as personal Savior so that they can have forgiveness of sins. And so that's one of our responsibilities in telling people uh, how they can be saved uh, from uh, the penalty of their sin. And so um, when God created this world and set it into motion, He put in place laws to guide this world and its inhabitants. God put certain laws into place in the physical realm, but then also in the moral realm as well. How many of you have heard the Ten Commandments? Obviously, everybody has. 
And uh, there are th- those are those are laws that God one of the some of the first laws that God gave right off the bat. Uh, then how many of you knew that uh, according to the Jewish uh, Jewish religion there are 613 laws in a Jewish religion? Have you heard that before? All right. So um, there are laws. That's just that's a fact of life. Then there are also physical laws that God established as well. Physical laws such as who can give me a physical law? Or the gravity, perfect. The first one I was thinking of, gravity. There's there's such a law that God established called gravity that says if I hold this book up and I, oh, I don't want to do damage our book here. Um, if I keep doing that, that's what's going to happen each time, right? It's just going to keep on happening. The law is true. It's never going to change. That's one of God's laws that He has established, the law of gravity. And I'm thankful for it because uh, if I'm walking down the street here or what have you, I know that I'm, for the most part I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay down. I'm not going to drift off. Although when I, was, when I was young, I used to have this dream that uh, I could fly, and I would fly about, I don't know, four or five feet off the ground. And that was the extent of it. So I would, I would fly like this, and if I was going to go up over this thing, I would be like this, five feet up over it. I don't know why I'm telling you that. It's just a, but just a weird dream that I used to have, and uh, it never actually happened, obviously. But um, anyway, um, I, wish, I wish that was a, something that I could do. But um, that's not one of God's laws, okay? I guess that's an application there. Um, but the physical law of gravity is one of the laws that God is establishing. God has established laws. They are fixed. They are constant. Um, and I'm thankful for those laws. And God's laws are for our good. His laws are not to disappoint us. They're not to spoil our fun. I think there, uh, there are a lot of people out there in society that, that think uh, Christianity is a bunch of laws. It's a bunch of do's and don'ts. And if I get involved, if I become a Christian, I'm going to have to be restricted in some of the joyful things or some of the fun things that, that, uh, that, that I like to do. No, God's laws are for our enjoyment. God's laws are for our safety. God's laws are for our good. Sometimes people might view God as some overbearing tyrant, some joy kill with a lot of thou shalt nots. However, uh, thou shalt not steal is a good thing, don't you think? It's a, unless you want to steal. <laughs> but if you don't want your stuff stolen, that's a good law that's been established. It works both ways. Thou shalt not kill is a, it's a good law if you don't want to get killed. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good, um, they are good things. Um, and so uh, this morning, I want us to consider a certain group of God's laws that are fixed and they are for our good. We need to realize and we need to appreciate the, the certainties of these laws. We all depend upon God's laws of harvest here is what we're going to talk about. And uh, without the farmer, without the farmer, the seed and God's laws of harvest, we wouldn't have the harvest that keeps food on our tables. Without the laws of God, we wouldn't, be, uh, we wouldn't have our, our lives functioning the way that they do in a, in a stable way. God's laws of harvest, they apply to each one of us in a more important way this morning. Uh, they apply to us spiritually as well. Each one of us are spiritual farmers. Whether we want to be or not, we're all subjects to God's laws of His harvest. Amen. And so, uh, without, uh, without further... Uh, chatter. I want to get in here and look at some of these laws of the harvest. Five of the, uh, of the laws of God's harvest here this morning. And so notice with me this morning, number one, if you're taking notes, um, these would be important to write down. Uh, notice, first of all, these five laws of the harvest. Number one, we will reap what we sow. Now, some of these will be kind of overlaps of uh, the last couple of weeks, but number one, first and foremost, we will reap what we sow. If you plant something, uh, you will reap. And uh, normally, if somebody plants a garden, typically, you know, unless they're wealthy landowners, I guess, you know, that can afford to have servants or, or, or hired laborers or what have you. Uh, anybody ever planted a garden and then you were able to pay somebody to harvest it? All right, I, wasn't e- I haven't been either. 
But uh, the, the point is this, typically you sow it, you're going to reap it. That's a law. You see, that's very simple, Pastor Sam. Yes, it's very simple, and it's a law that is established here. Uh, there is a physical reaping, and then there is a spiritual reaping. I want you to notice the physical aspect of it here. The farmer who sows a field is usually the farmer who reaps the same field, but not always. Um, there is uh, the farmers are the ones out there planting the seeds. The farmers the one out there doing the watering. The farmers out there doing the cultivating, and uh, then out there uh, taking care of it, making sure the pests don't get to it. But but uh, um, I've never been able to pay somebody to to uh, take care of my crop. And uh, in the spiritual realm, every one of us will reap what we have sown as well. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And notice the spiritual and the physical realm. There's two applications here. For he that soweth to his flesh, the physical, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit, the spiritual, born again, uh, fruits, actually born again or not born again. We sow uh, wicked uh, seed, there's going to be uh, wicked results. Uh, he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And so we see there's a physical reaping, but there's also a spiritual reaping. Turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5. Harvest day is coming in the lives of Christians. Harvest day is coming in the lives of, of unsaved people, non-Christians. And uh, we see proof of that, one of, uh, one of the references of that, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And then verse number 10, we see that harvest day is coming, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Notice why we appear the before the judgment seat of Christ. It says that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And so there will be a day, yes, when the things that we did in our a body here on earth will be judged according to the righteousness of God. We see that there is reaping. Right now, as uh, humans, we are, we are sowing we are sowing seeds. Every day of our lives, we have the opportunity to sow seeds. We have the opportunity to sow spiritual seeds. We have the opportunity to sow uh, uh, physical seeds. And a harvest time is coming. Harvest time is coming, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. There will be a day where, yes, the things we did in our body on earth will be judged according to the righteousness of God. Number next, you will be there if you're saved and and I will be there, and, and we will reap on that day. The Bible says in Romans chapter 2, verses uh, 2 and 3, it says, But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. And so, law number one, law of the harvest, we will reap what we sow. How many of you have experienced that so far in your life? You've, you've reaped something that you've sown in your life, whether it be spiritual, whether it be physical. Uh, most of the spiritual rewards that take place are going to happen later on. They're going to happen after we get to the rapture. Uh, after we are raptured, we're gonna, it'll take place, and we'll stand before God. And the good things, spiritual things, a lot of them that we've done on earth, uh, will be manifest through a furnace of fire, and, uh, and we get to cast those crowns at the feet of our Savior. Law number two, I've got to hurry. We will reap in a different season than we sow. Number two, we will reap in a different season than we sow. That makes sense? Uh, there's no instant Christianity. There's no instant, uh, instant, even with instant stuff, it does take time before it's made. If I make a cup of, uh, I don't know, instant coffee, you know, I've got, I still got to do the process. I got to get the coffee out. I got to get the cup out. I got to get the, the, the water hot. How many drink instant coffee? Anybody ever? Do, doing, the, doing the army, right? Doing the military. That's kind of what you got to do. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, but even with instant stuff, I mean, there's still a process that needs to be done before it happens. Uh, well, we will reap in a different season than we sow. I think of physical reaping. Each one of these points has got a physical uh, application, but then also a spiritual application, and I'm going to do the physical one first. When a farmer sows in the spring, he doesn't expect to reap his, his crop in the fall. I'm, I'm sorry. When a farmer sows in the spring, he uh, hopes to, uh, to, to reap the, the, the crop in the fall. Uh, there's not going to be a sprout of a crop the very next day. Uh, and so this is one of God's laws of His harvest. Sowing a seed now is going to reap a harvest later. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is, that which is planted. And so uh, the seeds that are planted in the warm uh, earth, uh, the, the rich earth, they need the sun, they need the water, they need time, they need, uh, they need fav favorable elements of, of God's creation to help them to sprout, and it always takes time. And so the farmer knows that when he sows, that the days will eventually come where he'll be able to reap his reward. James chapter 5, verse 7 says this, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it. How many of you are patient? You think you're patient, Zach? Uh, I'm going to beg to differ. Uh, <laughs> just teasing. Uh, but uh, to say that you're patient, though, that's, that's pretty, uh, uh, that can be uh, uh, a lie. But anyways... <laughs> How many, let me ask it this way, how many struggle with patience? Of course, uh, I think that's a, that's a primary, uh, primary uh, attribute or uh, uh, value that, that we can struggle with. Well, the Bible says here that uh, a, a farmer needs to be patient. A farmer needs to be patient, have long patience until he received the early and the latter rain. I told you maybe last week it was that after I had planted our garden this year, I, I would go out there and I was hoping for the little sprouts to be able to see those and I'd be out there. I don't think I went the very next day, like I said, but but I went the second and the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and, and I think it was probably about good two weeks. Is my wife in here? It was about two weeks before we finally saw the little sprouts that we were hoping for. And uh, the Bible says there needs to be patience. There needs to be patience for, for God to do the work that is necessary in His law of the harvest. And so there's a physical reaping and then there's a spiritual reaping. Again, the Bible says uh, not to uh, be deceived. Uh, Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. If we sow to the Spirit, uh, we will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And so uh, uh, the things we do in this life and in this world, they are the seeds that we sow. Our words can be seeds. Our deeds can be seeds. We will eventually grow and we will eventually mature. And in time and in due season, we will reap the harvest of those seeds that we've been sowing. Sometimes our actions and our deeds, they, they might bring immediate consequences, but not always. There is, also, there is always some time. There's, there, there's usually always some time, no matter uh, the extent of that time, whether it be very briefly, uh, but very longly, uh, very long more than likely. Sometimes our actions, they may bring the immediate consequences, and so we better be careful not to think we've escaped the consequences of our actions if they don't occur immediately. Turn to Numbers. Uh, I'm sorry. No, don't turn there. Um, Numbers chapter 32. Uh, many of you are familiar with it. Maybe you don't know the reference, but the Bible says, Be sure your sin will what? Find you out. There's the idea of the, of the sowing. You're going to sow sin. You're going to reap the consequences of that sin. And so, um, law number two, we will reap in a different season than we so somebody might say, uh, you know, uh, how many have had a, well, you don't have to raise out, 
publicly here, but how many of you known somebody that, man, they, they, they've smoked and they, they, they've drank? You know, we, we read that cigarettes can cause cancer, right? On, even on the very package of them or, or alcohol. We know that uh, it, it, it kills brain cells. We know that it can have... Uh, I've known people that have, uh, uh, that have done harmful things to their body and they haven't... They've lived long lives. How many of you know somebody like that? Well, that, there's no guarantee that that's always going to happen. Uh, I've also known people that uh, they've died of liver cancer, and I've known them to, to be hard drinkers. Uh, I've known people that have uh, overdosed on uh, uh, certain pills and, and uh, pills and mixing of alcohol, making that a, a poisonous concoction. A person may never reap the consequences of a sinful life here and now, but in due season, the Bible says, we shall reap those. Number one, we will reap what we sow. Number two, we reap, we will reap in a different season than we sow. And then number three, third uh, law here, we will reap the same kind as we sow. We reap the same kind that we sow. There's a physical reaping again, and then there's a spiritual reaping. There is sowing good seed, and it produces good harvest. There's sowing bad seed that produces a bad harvest. And so if you sow wheat, you're going to reap wheat. If you sow tomatoes, you'll reap tomatoes. If you sow weeds and thorns, uh, you will reap the same. Uh, that's one of the laws of God. In Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 11, the Bible says this, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, uh, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree uh, yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. The, the point is this, uh, very simple. We will reap the same kinds that we sow. And so one of the, one of the laws of God's harvest, then notice the spiritual aspect of it here. Uh, look at, uh, turn to... Turn to um, Turn to Matthew, Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Even the Lord makes mention of this here. When the Bible categorizes certain uh, animals or plants, it categorizes them by, uh, we're, we're probably, uh, I grew up hearing the word species, and that's fine, uh, but the Bible, uh, maybe a more biblical term is the word kinds. Uh, God identifies things by kinds, and so uh, there are uh, kinds of, a dog would be a kind, uh, like the canine species, uh, cats would be the feline, feline species, you know, there, obviously there's domesticated, then there's larger cats and such, but, um, and then there are kinds of plants, and so we will reap the kind that we sow is one of God's laws. And so Jesus asked the obvious question, uh, Matthew 7, verse 16. Matthew 7, verse 16. Jesus says this, Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? The answer is no. Uh, we we, we uh, will harvest what we sow. We will, we will produce uh, what we have sown. If uh, uh, That's the spiritual reaping that we're talking about. The Bible says in Proverbs 11, verse 18, these are another couple of good reference regarding kinds. Uh, I won't have you turn there, but you can write the reference down if you wanted to. Proverbs 11, verse 18, it says, "...the wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness..." shall be a sure reward. So God says, if you sow righteousness, you're going to reap righteousness. You sow good, you're going to reap good. Ephesians 6, 8, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. doesn't matter if you're saved or unsaved. Uh, if you sow good, you're going to reap good a good harvest. If you sow wickedness, you sow bad stuff, you're going to reap that same bad kind. Job 4, verse 8 says, Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness, they reap 
the same. I think of a prime example of this, uh, of, a, of a human sowing bad stuff. You're familiar with the uh, character of Jacob in the Bible. Jacob is a prime example of somebody who reaped the same kind of trouble that he had sown. Uh, and uh, later on, his name was changed to uh, Israel. Uh, but uh, uh, Jacob, he, the, the very name Jacob means deceiver. It means deceiver. And if you're familiar with him, he had, he had lied and he had deceived his father about who he was. He went in and, and uh, disguised himself with uh, some, some goat skin, some goat hair, and let his father, as his father was aged and, and blinding and uh, getting uh, more blind, uh, he uh, let his father touch him. And he says, uh, I forget exactly what he says. He said, the voice sounds, did he say the voice sounds like Jacob? And, but you, but uh, feel like uh, Esau, Esau must have been very hairy, right? Uh, and he was, according to the Bible. Uh, but so he deceived his father into, into taking his older brother's birthright. And then later he reaped the same kind of trouble that he had sown. And, and uh, his sons, Jacob's sons, later on deceived him. Uh, to believe that uh, Joseph, his youngest son, or second to youngest son, was killed by a wild animal. And then Jacob grieved for years because he had thought his son had, had been killed. And uh, so we see that Jacob, had, he had sown mischief, he had sown deceitfulness, and then he was reaping that later on in life. Later, it all turned out fairly well in the end, but he reaped the same kind of trouble that he had sown in his early years. Uh, yeah, yeah. How many have heard somebody say, man, I'm just going to sow my wild oats. Maybe I'm going to sow my wild oats before I get saved. I'm going to sow my wild oats before I come to the Lord, before I, man, you got to be careful about that. It's not worth it. Sow those wild oats. And, and uh, some of us have sown them uh, un, unbeknownst maybe. And, and uh, we, we wised up from that. Um, but anyhow, uh, Jacob was a prime example of sowing the wickedness, and then he reaped the trouble that he had sown. Number one, we reap what we sow. Number two, we reap in a different season than we sow. Number three, we reap the same kind that we sow, spiritual or physical, uh, good or bad. And then number four, we will reap more than we sow. We will reap more than we sow. Uh, regarding the physical reaping principle. If you sow one kernel of corn, the result will be one stock with about four cobs is what I read is average. Uh, if you sow one kernel of corn, Lord willing, in good fertile ground, uh, one stock will come up and you can hope for about four cobs or four ears of corn and then approximately 200 kernels of corn on each cob. That's a good investment, isn't it? <laughs> um, and so about 200 kernels of corn on one cob. And so you'll reap approximately 800 kernels by sowing one small kernel of corn. And so this is how God's law of harvest is. You'll reap much more than you sow. We'll reap much more than we sow. I'm thankful for that in the agricultural aspect of when I, when I sow some seeds as a as a young aspiring farmer, uh, I get to reap more of the harvest. It's a, it's, a, it's a great value, but I don't appreciate it, and I don't like it when I sow wickedness, when I sow sin, because the same principle applies. There's good news and there's bad news. I want you to notice the spiritual reaping here. The bad news is, if you sow evil, you'll reap far more evil than you ever sowed. The good news is, you sow good, you'll reap far more good than you sowed. And so we can praise the Lord for the laws of, these, uh, uh, of His harvest. The Bible says in Hosea chapter 8, verse 7, For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. Uh, it hath no stock, but the bud shall yield no meal. If it be yield, the strangers shall swallow it up. I think of somebody who sowed some wickedness, and he reaped far more wickedness, perhaps, than he had sown. I think of David, if you're familiar with the story of David and his life. And yes, God used him in a great way to slay a giant and, and uh, some, some, in some different capacities, but, but David 
uh, he fell, he sinned, and, and uh, David sowed the sin of adultery. He sowed the sin of deception and the sin of murder. And David reaped far more evil than he sowed, perhaps. His child died shortly after his birth and, and uh, consequences of, of the adultery, the murder. Uh, one of his daughters was raped by one of her half-brothers. One of his sons uh, was killed by the other son, the one that did the wickedness to his, uh, to his daughter. His son Absalom led a rebellion that caused David to, to flee Jerusalem and, and, and flee for his life, and then it ended in the death of his son that was trying to kill him. This is one of the laws of God's harvest. We will reap more than we sow. Some have said this, perhaps, uh, they don't understand how a loving God would condemn people to hell who don't acknowledge their sin and their need for Him as Savior. This is one of God's laws of His harvest. Because of our sin, we are to reap the harvest and the consequence of that sin. I want you to turn to, uh, turn to Romans chapter 2. Romans 2, we're almost finished here, but Romans 2. I have one more law that I'm going to share with you, but Romans chapter 2 to go along with this here. God is loving. God is just. The Bible says it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. And the fact is that hell is a, is a literal place that, that people will go, although God didn't create hell, the Bible says, for people, he created it for the devil and his fallen angels. Uh, but unfortunately, a just God, well, I say unfortunately, a just God can't let sin into heaven. And uh, so uh, God doesn't force his love upon us. He doesn't force us to choose him. He gives us the free will in all of our decision making. And he, he, he lovingly, kindly, patiently, gently even uh, woos us, desires that we would choose Him as our Savior, but He gives us that free choice to choose Him. Uh, the Bible says in Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4, it says, Or despisest thou the riches of His goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So the Bible says that in God's goodness, He allows us uh, to, uh, to, to come to Him. He desires for us to come to Him in repentance. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. Michael, hurry up, okay? Our uh, teens, you guys use the restroom before you come to church, okay? Try to before uh, the church service starts. Um, the, the Bible says here, the point is that God will render to every man according to his deeds, to his deeds. What are our deeds? Well, the deeds of all men, the Bible says, is that we are all born sinners. And because of that sin, we don't deserve heaven. Heaven is a perfect place. There's no sin. There's no sorrow. There's no suffering in heaven. And so if God was to let sinners into heaven, it would no longer be a perfect place. But God, in His love and in His providence and His sovereignty and His graciousness, He sent His Son Jesus to be the payment for the sins of all the world. That means you, that means me, individually and personally. God sent Jesus to be the Lamb of God that shed His blood that washes away the sins of all mankind. But here's the thing. Everybody individually on their own free will has got to decide to choose Jesus to their sinful accounts. Now, as I've shared the gospel before, I usually don't have to go too in-depth to try to convince somebody that they're a sinner. Um, a sin is anything we say, think, or do that displeases God. And if you just think about the Ten Commandments, you know, uh, somebody can recall some of them. Thou shalt not bear false witness. I don't think I've ever met a man that would say honestly that they've never lied. Well, the fact of the matter is, one, one what we may consider little sin is what separates us from God. 
We don't deserve heaven because of that sin. There is a gulf. There is a, there's a great separation that it takes place when we're born because we have inherited a sinful nature. Well, Jesus came and he died on the cross and he shed his blood. And that blood was, was made as the payment for my sin, for your sin. And so there needs to be a time in everybody's life where I acknowledge, Lord, I'm a sinner. I don't deserve heaven. But thanks be to God that he sent his son, Jesus. And I personally received Jesus to my account. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 5, 8, uh, um, um, for wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin for that uh, death passed upon all men for that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's the wrong reference there. But, uh, but Jesus died on the cross. It says, uh, 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 let's see, I'm going to have you turn there. Let's turn to Romans chapter 10. Uh, Romans 10, Romans 10. We're already in Romans 2, Romans 10 is what I want you to notice here though, Romans 10, I get the references confused sometimes, uh, verse number 9, the Bible says we're all without excuse knowing that there is a God. Now, I want to introduce and explain. This is the God of the Bible. It says that Jesus died. He shed His blood. And this is what needs to happen in everybody's life in order to, uh, to know that we're on our way to heaven, to receive the payment uh, of Jesus Christ for our sins. Verse number 9, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. When I trusted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, it was February 27, 1986. I, I, I came to understand the realization that I was a sinner. I already knew I was a sinner, but then somebody explained to me that my sin separates me from God in heaven. And then they explained to me that Jesus died on the cross. He died so that I don't have to. And if I would put my faith and trust in Christ alone, not a religion, uh, not giving a certain amount of money in the offering plate, not getting baptized, the, the waters of baptism don't wash any sins away, according to the Word of God. Uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, without the shedding of blood is no remission. What washes sin away is the blood of the Lamb of God. There needs to be a time in my life, and that day was February 27, 1986. The man explained that to me. And then in the privacy of uh, uh, the side of the auditorium, a man led me in a prayer to call on the name of the Lord. And I want to read verse number 9 again. It says this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, I took this promise to heart, thou shalt be saved. I got saved on that day. I was saved from my sin. I was saved from the consequences of having to go to hell uh, 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 from my sin. And so uh, that is how somebody can come to know uh, Jesus Christ as Savior. And so because of my sin, I, I say this because I had sown uh, the, the, the seeds of sin. And if I was to if I was to pay or reap the consequences of my sin, I would have to spend eternity in hell. But because I trusted Christ as savior, he took my place, he took my payment, he took the punishment, he took the consequences so that I don't have to experience that someday when my physical body dies, I get to be in heaven with Christ. Many of you know if, if, uh, if you've trusted Christ as well, uh, that is the hope and confidence that you have. And so uh, if a person goes to hell, it's because they've sown seeds of sin. And if a person goes to heaven, contrary to popular belief, it's not because you've, done, you've sown good seeds. It's because you've received Jesus and the seed of the gospel into your heart. Some folks think that if I, uh, when I die, I'll stand before God, and if my, my good outweighs my bad, then God will see that and He'll let me into heaven. 
Well, if that was the case, then Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. And so Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, the Bible says. He is our way to heaven. And so uh, we see here in our fourth law, in the fourth law of the harvest, uh, of God's harvest, we will reap more uh, than we sow. And then lastly, uh, I want you to notice here, we will eat the fruit of our harvest. We will eat the fruit of our harvest. And this is maybe the best part of it, I guess. Uh, We will eat the fruit of the harvest. There's a physical reaping and then the spiritual reaping, uh, physical aspect here. Um, The reward of a farmer for sowing and reaping and cultivating the fruit of his labor. Uh, There is a physical benefit to sowing the physical seed. He gets to eat the crop. He gets to, uh, how many of you enjoy, you had a good harvest this year? Man, we had tomatoes. We enjoyed some of the crops of the the harvest of some of you as well, and peppers and tomatoes. And yesterday we got got deformed carrots. Uh, We planted a bunch of carrots, and we're finally harvesting those. Uh, But they, they grew literally like, I don't know, like odd-shaped beets. They're big at the at the base, and then they're like, er, er, like little teardrops. And and uh, some, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what happened there. I need some uh, uh, some points from a carrot farmer, huh? Yeah, they were orange, anyways. But but um, but but they still tasted good. And I tried to uh, I put those out so a, a deer would get them. Um, but anyway. Uh, we get to eat the fruit of the harvest. Part of the benefit of, the, of, the, of all of the hard work is looking forward to that harvest. There's a physical benefit into the uh, sowing of the seeds and cultivating and, and pulling the weeds. We get to eat the crop, but then also we can profit from the crop as well. Some of you know that we did bees, honeybees for the first time, and we got about two gallons of honey this year, and and uh, I want to double that so that we can maybe sell some. I saw on Facebook Marketplace, uh, half a gallon of honey. Was it a half a gallon? Half a gallon of honey for 40 bucks. Who would pay that? Oh, maybe this is not, that's not the right question. <laughs> I would, I'd be maybe considering. I saw somebody was interested, uh, but uh, it'd be neat to be able to sell some of that honey. Um, and then profit from the crop of that. And so there's physical reaping, but then lastly, there is spiritual reaping. Likewise, each one of us will eat and profit or suffer the fruit of our deeds. Uh, How will the spiritual fruit of your life taste when it is harvest time? Will it be sweet? Will it be sour? Or will it be bitter? I ask myself that same question. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10, Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him, for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 28 says this, Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. Verse number 29, For they that hated knowledge did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. And so the Bible says we will eat the fruit of our harvest. God in His patience, He gives us that last uh, reference there in Proverbs. He's talking about they would none of my reproof. How many of you, man, you, you've witnessed, you've you tried to talk to somebody about the Lord before, you tried to encourage them to righteousness, but it was like talking to a brick wall. Anybody like that? Man, I've, I've, I've been there, and sometimes you want to give up hope and, and uh, just, uh, just stop. Well, you gotta, you got to trust and have confidence and, and faith in the, in the seed, and God will give the increase. But he says here, he, he talks... He talks uh, about the negative aspect of it, those that didn't listen, those that despised the reproof, they'll reap the consequences of that. Unfortunately, and we see here that we will eat the fruit of our harvest, uh, law number five of God's harvest. I'm going to close with this. There was a young man who had some trouble uh, with one of the local farmers in his hometown to get even, you know, they had some type of a, a dispute, some type of a feud, and to get even or back at the farmer, the younger man went out one night into the farmer's fields, and 
he sowed weeds throughout the farm. I think somebody did that in our garden. As I mentioned, when we planted pumpkins, we got squash pumpkins and other stuff in there. Um, almost like we had a mixture of squash and pumpkins. We had a, or zucchini, I mean. But anyway, this man, he went out and he sowed weeds uh, throughout the farmer's farm. And uh, the farmer fought the weeds for years. But one day, the young man married the farmer's daughter, and he inherited her father's farm. As a result, the young man spent the rest of his life fighting the weeds that he had sown uh, when he was younger uh, to get back at that farmer. I wonder this morning, what type of seeds are we sowing? I wonder this morning, if harvest time came today, what would you reap? What would I reap? It's, it's time to sow righteousness right now and remember that in due season, we will reap if we faint not. Hey, folks, let's, let's keep on sowing. I want to encourage you. You've, I think we've, we've worked hard this, uh, this last month. We've had different events, different activities. We caramel apple, pumpkins, uh, something else. Uh, what? I can't take everything in all at once. <laughs> we've done a lot of work, a lot of hard work. Put your hand down at this time. Uh, we've done a lot of work in, in, in different things. Uh, and it's, it's been, there's been some good stuff. There's been some good seed that's been sown. I want to encourage you, God rewards in his timing, in his providence, in his, in his, uh, in his sovereignty. Let's keep on sowing, and in due season, we will reap if we faint not. Let's go ahead and let's bow this morning. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your love. I thank you for the opportunity to be in your harvest field, Lord, here on this earth, Lord. And I uh, understand that our time here is very brief. And then there will be a, a time that I, I harvest the seeds that I've sown while I've been here. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to, to be uh, cognizant of the, of the seeds that I sow while I'm here on this earth. Help me to be aware and, and mindful of, of, of sowing the right seed. Help me to be aware and mindful of encouraging to sow the right seed, those spiritual seeds that I may not see the reward of them while I'm here on this earth, but in due season, I will. Lord, I pray that you'd minister to our hearts. Lord, I thank you for, for, the, for the hard work that's gone on this past month in sowing seeds. Lord, even the seeds of the gospel as, as invitations have been put out. And, and uh, Lord, but I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd help us to look, look to the end result, Lord, when it's harvest time. And for Christians, Lord, we understand that harvest time is, there will be a harvest time when we get to heaven. So we, may we press on for the cause of Christ. As we continue in our invitation time this morning, I'd like to have every head bowed and every eye closed. And I want to ask a few questions.